We're picking up our conversation with Nancy Nelson, mother, grandmother, Alzheimer's activist, and poetry author. Nancy was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's about seven years ago. Uh, we're talking about how does it feel to live with dementia and for caregivers to understand and have more compassion for their loved one that they may be caring for or supporting in their care for living with dementia or Alzheimer's. Welcome, Nancy. Welcome back. It's good to have you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Um, we last talked, your, your diagnosis, your original diagnosis seven years ago was early onset Alzheimer's. It was. And um, share again your feelings when you got that original diagnosis. How did you feel? Well, I felt I was surprised. I was surprised because, you know, when I go to a doctor, I, I never have what I think I have. And so <laughs> I was surprised to get early onset Alzheimer's diagnosis. Um, and really over and above being surprised, it took me days and working through my writing in order for me to to really understand that, hey, this is not the flu, right? I and mean, you know. You're not going to get over it. This isn't something, they say, this isn't something a person gets over. But it wasn't long after starting to write that I realized that I had a choice. I didn't have to own the diagnosis just because somebody said I had something. And so I got a little feisty about that and said, hey, wait a minute. You know, don't say I have it. I'm diagnosed with it, yes. And I do some crazy stuff, yes. <laughs> but, um, but I do think it's a choice as to, and I guess it depends too, so really early on and on I was diagnosed. So early detection is so important because it does give you time to think and to decipher and to decide what how you're going to handle it. And my choice was that I knew when my dad was passed in 2002 from Alzheimer's, I knew that he was not an activist of any kind. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that he sits on my shoulder and that I will speak for him and for myself because communication is really where it's at. We have to talk about it, want to or not. And early diagnosis, it's good. You know, sometimes we think we have things that we don't, and you go to the doctor and they say, no, it's X. It's not this. And that's what we need to hear because not always is it going to be dementia or Alzheimer's uh, in different forms. So uh, originally it was awe, sort of, and uh, tears in, in the arms of Jennifer and myself. And then as I wrote about it, I thought, hey, you know, I can work through this, and that's what I've done. You know, there's a large percentage of people who do go to the doctor who may be having uh, memory failure, uh, misgivings, uh, something a little more serious than just, you know, for, hey, where did I put my keys um, today? They don't want to know, so they don't get tested. Mm -hmm. When, in fact, they should be tested and they should know because it gives themselves and their families time to prepare correct and it gives them an opportunity to be in charge as you say of your own health care yes and make your own plan before it's too late that's right before decisions are taken away from you because oftentimes caregivers caregivers are burdened with decisions caring for another that they never wanted to make all never. of a sudden they look up and this stranger is in their kitchen and they have to make decisions about them loving them or not, I mean, 
it's not it's not anybody's fault no. that's what we got to get it's not anybody's fault caregivers sometimes have to make those decisions and when their loved one gets angry with them doesn't know which sock goes where or 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 they're putting uh, they're putting their socks in so, the microwave right, exactly they leave they put the microwave setting on 25 right. minutes instead right. of 25 seconds right. So many of us have been there. We've been so through that. Caregivers need as much information as people that are diagnosed. If the, if if that were true, we'd all be more educated, and would we be kinder to each other longer? Mm -hmm. And it is my feeling, yes, we would. I would care more about my caregiver if they knew more about me. And I think trying to get inside the mind. Yes of someone who is living with the disease or symptoms of the disease yes. is just such great insight. I hope it is. That's, to to that, help a caregiver be compassionate. Right, and I think, and I think that, that also helps me and why I've done so well is that I know each and every day as I am an activist for Alzheimer's, I am helping others to understand. That makes my journey along this path that's very frustrating, that makes that journey so much better that I don't waste time on woe is Nancy. I think, okay, what can I do tomorrow? How can I use my day in order to help someone else? And by helping them, I feel better. And then I do a little more. And so I don't get caught in that, that room that you sit and you contemplate and you ingest and you know. Yeah, Not you don't feel me. sorry for yourself Not at all. any day of the week. No, I do have low times. I, <laughs> one day I was feeling really sorry for myself, and I looked in the rearview mirror, and I had, had a man that, that had no legs, and he was in a wheelchair, and I thought, okay, so how badly do you feel right now? Mm -hmm. I mean, we ha it's a choice. Sometimes we can climb that hill, and sometimes we can't. I don't waste much time, though, mm -hmm. in... Uh, luckily in a, in a depressed sort of woe is me your attitude really it even starts with not even acknowledging the word Correct. alzheimer's yeah. what do you call it i diminish it you know i first and if you read my first book i talk about it as alls allsy or i i dis, i'm disassembling it in a disrespectful way i get that because i don't want to honor it in any way um and then i called it the a's capital A, and now I just say the A's, it has no capital. Little A's. Yeah, and now I very seldom say the word Alzheimer's. I do believe it's more of a condition than a disease, only because if we say disease, we really think that we're messed up. Mm -hmm. And if you say condition, eh, I can get over that. So I don't know, you know, find your way for the escape hatch. In every room, there's a window. That window opens and I can get out. That's what not owning it does for me. It allows me the freedom to fly. I can get out of here if I want to. If I feel like it's bothering me or I need to, I'm going to fly out that, that window up there. And whether it's a window or whether it's walking down a park and it has beautiful flowers, whatever it is for you, I think that if you have some place that you can take misgivings, and sort of whisk them away because there's always there's always somebody that walks in in worse shoes than we do. And, and and we've mentioned your books, but we never really mentioned the name Blue River Apple, and your original book, your second harvest, and your third harvest. You've right. written three books now of poetry. I have. 
you really like the third the first book I, I was shocked I did a story with you about mm-hmm. it I had you read some of your poetry mm-hmm. during the story mm-hmm. because it really expresses a person's feelings and what's in your mind in your heart uh, at different times um, and I really encourage any caregiver any and every caregiver to read Blue River Apple. Thank you, Sherry. Second Harvest and Third Harvest is different because it has caregiver stories. And what what encouraged you about including caregiver stories? Well, partly I thought they probably... Readers probably have had enough of my my poems. However, my poems change with each book. I'm so different today than I was when I started this journey. I write differently, and and I decided that the care I wanted to put caregiver stories in there because who does a caregiver identify with? Do they identify with Nancy walking here, or do they identify with another caregiver? They identify, I think, with another caregiver. Would you agree? I I would agree. Okay. I think you I think your heart is with the person you're caring for. Right. And oftentimes caregivers don't care for themselves. They put themselves last. Right. Their heart is with the person that has the disease right. or the symptoms of the disease, but but you identify with another caregiver. Right. So the stories in here, the, the whole premise of the stories was to say, I'd love to hear your story. It has to be in two pages and only, and it has to have a takeaway for the caregiver. It has to have something that maybe they haven't thought about, Mm -hmm. but they could look at this story and go, oh my gosh, I've never thought of that. Let Let me try that, so that they walk away enlightened. About my writing is that I'm on hope that by reading my words, that you feel the inside torch that illuminates or diminishes. And what causes that? And it really has less to do with the caregiver, but has way more to do with what's leaving me, the things I can no longer do, the frustration of not being who I used to be. Now, people, we talk about this all the time, people say to me, ah, there's nothing wrong with you. I get that. I do so well at covering up, and thankfully I can do that, and I will continue to do that. I will, I will divert and go and get the job done. It just takes me a lot, lot longer. And if that's what helps somebody else do the same thing, right? Life is good. Now let's let's talk about in our in our first conversation your your original diagnosis mm-hmm. was early onset Alzheimer's. Correct. You continue you participate in clinical trials. Mm-hmm. You're an Alzheimer's advocate, mm-hmm. uh, an activist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you advocate for the Alzheimer's Association. You're an activist for change, for research, mm-hmm. for awareness. Um, and you got another diagnosis. When was that second diagnosis? 2017, I got a diagnosis after my third year in the COBRI study at Cleveland Clinic, Lou Ruvo Center for Brain Health. And um, the doctor uh, looked at me and said, uh, we don't, we're not really sure how, why you're doing as well as you are, but you're doing really, really well. Your numbers are staying the same, and you're doing good. So... The compensation that you're doing in order to get to the end result, regardless that it takes you however long and whatever means it has to, um, is working for you. And you'll never get that original memory back, 
but you're holding your own and you're doing good. And you know what? That's great, but nothing has changed on the inside. I'm still frustrated and anxiety. I still get on a road and don't, road that I travel all the time and the landscape is different. I don't recognize a thing. And I can either pull over to the side of the road or this is not, does not mean that I can't drive well. <laughs> Just P.S. <laughs> yes. If you see Nancy's car out there, she's still a good driver, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Or, or I can continue to drive until something changes in that. Or I have to pull over to the side of the road until I can gather mm-hmm. myself. And sometimes I literally lift my arm up and bring it down mm-hmm. in order to focus on what I need to do. So... But let's talk about the diagnosis yeah. right quick. It changed from early onset Alzheimer's to, to mild, mild cognitive impairment. So that was a reclassification of your diagnosis. It was. It is. But and if how, they were right or wrong in the first one, are they right or wrong on the second one? Right. What do, who's, who says? Who has not changed in this scenario? Myself. You. you haven't changed. I haven't changed. But So what made you the angriest? The classification? The reclassification yes. made me angry-er because I'm thinking, what the heck? You know, they say over here you've got one thing, and now all these years later they're changing that. And what's happening inside me? It's the same. It's a struggle. Now, so then I think, am I creating this? Do I, am I creating this? You know, I don't know. And you're not diminishing or taking away anything from the, the doctors, no, their expertise, no, no. the testing, no, any it, of that. No. But your compensation, maybe through the years yes. of what you've decided. Lifestyle matters. Yes. And I think that's what's helping me along with helping others. Mm-hmm. I think those are the key. So, yes, I, I, and I'm still a little more frustrated at mild cognitive impairment. I don't look at, I'm not owning that diagnosis. I didn't own the first. Why would I own the second? Mm-hmm. But it's just like, gosh, they really don't know. They're doing all they can, and they really don't know. But what they don't know, unless you tell them, is, is how I feel. How much longer it takes. Yes. You told me about that. Yes. Talk about that. How much longer does it take you to get ready than it did a year ago, five years ago, or to go yeah. to prayer for something? Depending, you know, depending what I'm doing. But you know, writing books, these books. And getting them ready for print takes me probably three to five times longer this third book than it did the first book. Mm. And it's just because I can't get my mind wrapped around it or I have to stop and grab the air and bring it down in front of me to help me focus. It is uh, that I forget. I start, I can't, I cannot spell like I used to. I cannot really write like I used to. I, it, I can tell my story because I know my story, but I can't. you can't tell me a scenario to say and have me repeat it because I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So the things that are changing inside me is not luckily and thankfully. I'm so grateful. And with grace and dignity, I know everybody's at a different place. So we all, I know, do the best we can. And, if, and it's, it's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm really Mm -hmm. and you just have to put a smile on your face and don't sit down don't waste time know that you have to become a partner in your own health you have communication is so important lifestyle matters so what we do matters so change it now 
And I think caregivers, we get so busy because oh, yes, you do. caring for your loved one becomes oftentimes the focus of your life. Yeah, of course. You don't think about, okay, oh, yeah, oh, but I have this other life. It's called mine and my family's mm -hmm. also, mm -hmm. depending on the, the level of care and commitment for your loved one that you're, you're caring for, supporting, or maybe taking full-time care of. Mm -hmm. um, that communication, some days you feel like communicating, other days you just can't. You just got to get through it. But if you were going to leave somebody, at the end of our conversation today, if you were going to leave somebody with a really solid piece of advice between for a caregiver to know and understand maybe to have a little more compassion for that yes. person they're caring for yes. what would what thought would you want to leave them with today you know i i i think they aren't thanked enough i think they're not appreciated enough and i think we get that thank you and that appreciation from taking care of ourselves and so I would say, you know, it means when, when you hear that, a, that it's someone with dementia is supposed to do this, 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 and this, I say to a caregiver, listen, love yourself. Go to bed on time. Don't stay up late. Eat the right things. Do exercise. Get, you can go online and learn a lot. You can go to support groups yourself. You can read a lot. You can listen. You can... Listen to music. Make yourself happy as you can make yourself because if you yourself and inside yourself are tired and angry and frustrated, that's what the loved one is going to feel. And believe me, uh, they test mm -hmm. caregivers. It, mm -hmm. it is a test sometimes, you know. And it is, if, it, if something's going to change in me, it is up to me. To do it mm -hmm. and I say that for a caregiver with love we can't do it without you so how about joining forces and doing the lifestyle changes that it takes the whole hum and walking into a job unhappy doesn't get it done it doesn't help you it doesn't help your family doesn't help the loved one or if you're a professional caregiver God bless you I mean you know it it doesn't help anybody and we need help on this side, and you need help on your side. Mm -hmm. And if we join forces, maybe we both can live happier longer. Take care of yourself. Communicate. Yes. Love your loved one. Yes. With a little more compassion. Yeah. Got to be there. Thank you, Nancy Nelson. Thank you. It's a pleasure Sherry talking Spence. to you. Delightful to be here. Thank you. If you'd like to reach Nancy or find out more about her poetry, you can visit her website, blueriverapple.com. And by the way, all of her books can be found on amazon.com. And you can always reach out to me by email at helpthecaregiver at gmail.com.